Friday, August 10th, 2018. You are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, coming to you from the Mile High City right here in Denver, Colorado. You know, we get together every single weekday, and we talk sports with a dose of common sense, and we are happy to have you here with us today. Happy Friday to you. We've made it through another week, and I'm not sure if you realize this, but today, August 10th, is actually a pretty important day for you. Might not realize it, but today, August 10th, is considered National Lazy Day. Yeah, National Lazy Day. It is a day to kick back, I don't know, in a hammock, maybe sip on a drink, just doze off, let your worries, let your anxieties just melt away. Just be lazy. Do nothing today. Hey, that's the rules. Like, you can fight it if you want to. I'm just saying today is considered, here in the United States, National Lazy Day. Here's a question for you to think about. Just lobbing this out there to you. What's the laziest thing you do? Because we all have those things that you do that when you stop and think about it, you're like, that is the laziest thing that a person could possibly do. Like, what are you doing? You know there's some lazy things that you do. Are you eating your meals over the sink so you don't have to do the dishes later? Maybe, I don't know, maybe you're like rupturing your bladder because you're too lazy to get out of bed when you're sleeping to go to the bathroom. Have you ever watched a show that you didn't really want to on TV because you're too lazy to just get up and go find that remote control? Done that before. What about kicking those ice cubes underneath the refrigerator that you dropped on the floor because you were too lazy to pick them up? Well, hey, today is the day to revel in that kind of behavior because today is National Lazy Day. So I'm telling you right now, getting this thing started bright and early on this Friday, don't put any effort today. Let things just pass by you. Do not care whatsoever. What I'm saying to you is, today, August 10th, National Lazy Day, I want you to imitate LeBron James at the defensive end of the floor today. You've got to save yourself for a little bit later in the game. Hey, if you'd like to contact us, let us know maybe the laziest thing that you have ever done. We would love to hear from you. Hit us up on email, dailydosports at gmail.com, or go find us over on Facebook or Twitter, both of those handles are at Daily Dose Sports, and it doesn't have to be about your laziness. Maybe you have a question. Maybe you have a comment. Maybe you're going to be angry about a top five that I do, or maybe you're still mad at me because I said your favorite football team might not do quite as good this season. Feel free to let us know. We would love to hear from you. Hey, today on the show, we do have a number of things to get to. Do have a few stories coming out in the world of breaking news. Plus, as we do on most Fridays, we will have our weekend preview and what might be out there for us to watch over the next two days. And you know, it started last night, but we do actually have some NFL preseason football. Kind of excited about that. Like, I'm not fully excited. I'm not fully invested, but I'm sort of excited about that. Plus, as we do most every single Friday, we will have our Daily Dose Top 5, a very popular segment on the show since it began way back when it first began. The Daily Dose Top 5, you never know which way it's going to go but you know you have to tune in every Friday and check out what the Daily Dose Top 5 is going to be about. Let's get started in the NFL. You know, 24 NFL teams kicked off their preseasons last night. As we saw 12 different games going, you know, the games themselves, I don't know if they were that notable. Are they games? Do we call them games? Exhibitions? Whatever you call these stupid contests that they charge season ticket holders full price for, whatever you call those. I guess they're games. I don't know. I mean, there were a couple of noteworthy things. Andrew Luck looked okay playing for the Indianapolis Colts in limited action. 
arm didn't fall off or anything. I guess that's a positive. I think the most noteworthy game on the night was probably the New York Giants facing the Cleveland Browns. You know, Giants rookie Saquon Barkley, he rushed for 43 yards on just five carries. And on the other side, Browns rookie quarterback Baker Mayfield, he passed for 212 yards. He had two touchdowns. And the Browns actually beat the Giants in that opening preseason game. Hey, maybe things really are changing in Cleveland. I mean, they did win a game last night. What's that? Oh, they went 4-0 in the preseason last year? Oh, well, okay. So never mind. Nothing's really changed whatsoever in Cleveland, I guess. In other NFL news, the New England Patriots are actually going to be adding $5 million in performance-based incentives to quarterback Tom Brady's contract. They say they'll have that done by this weekend. You know, Tom Brady is currently scheduled to make about 15 million bucks for the season. But the team is going to add incentives to his contract to bring him up a little higher in the market because it's kind of weird when you think about Tom Brady's salary. And hey, I give the guy a ton of credit for this because Tom Brady has always been a guy that said, I will rework my deal. Let's see if we can't bring in some talent. I will change up the structure of my contract. I want better players around me. I want to win. You know, Tom Brady is the NFL's reigning most valuable player. He actually turned 41 on August 3rd. He is entering his 19th season. He still has two years left on his deal. But his average salary of $15 million for this season ranks 22nd among quarterbacks in the NFL. He is actually behind the Cleveland Browns' Tyrod Taylor and the Cincinnati Bengals' Andy Dalton. They both make more than he does. And of course, the highest paid quarterback right now is Atlanta Falcons quarterback Matt Ryan, who signed a deal worth 30 million bucks per season. Now, do you think it's just a coincidence that Tom Brady skipped all the mandatory workouts this summer? I don't know. Maybe like that's just kind of a weird timing thing. Maybe it just kind of worked out that way. Or maybe Tom Brady is looking around saying, wait, who's making more than me? Are you guys kidding me right now? And I have a feeling that is why the Patriots are throwing these performance-based incentives toward him so that he can raise that pay scale just a little bit. Now, it does help, to be honest. It does help when he's married to who he's married to. And his wife is the supermodel, and she comes home with like $300 million, and then Tom's like, hey, don't forget about my $15 million too. Add that into the pot. Okay, Tom. Thanks. A little bit of crazy news coming out yesterday in the world of college football. You know, we talked a little bit yesterday about the University of Nebraska and their new head football coach, Scott Frost. Well, it seems that his house in Lincoln was actually burglarized last month. You know, his house has been under renovation for like four months or so, so it was actually unoccupied at the time, but someone broke in and they robbed a bunch of stuff out of his house. The thief took a bunch of shoes and like sports gear and stuff that he had from other colleges around, a few boxes and that kind of thing. Originally, it was reported that they had stole some rings, national championship rings and stuff like that. That wasn't the case. They got away with a bunch of, it sounds like Nike gear and stuff like that. Well, yesterday, a 17-year-old girl was arrested in connection with the burglary. You know, something like that happens. And like, you're not thinking that way. You're not thinking some 17-year-old, you know, teenage girl is breaking into my house. Like, that's not the way your brain goes. You think of someone going into your house, you're thinking of like this gang of hideous villain men right out of like Mad Max Fury Road marauding through your locks and robbing your stuff. Not a 17-year-old girl. It's kind of weird. 
I guess they're still trying to figure out exactly what happened and making sure they have the right person and everything like that. We'll see how those facts all come out. But I mean, isn't the female thing like, like it's a little bit surprising. I'm not saying that females never do anything wrong. I'm just saying it's a little bit surprising when you hear it's a 17-year-old. But then when you hear it's a 17-year-old female, you're like, well, that's not what I expected. I mean, usually you don't link females with crimes like that. It doesn't usually happen. That's just not the way we think. I mean, because usually females rob men legally, you know, through something called alimony. Oh, come on. I'm kidding. I'm joking. Sort of. (laughs) We'll see what happens out in Lincoln as they try to get to the bottom of this crime out there. Hey, coming back, we are going to be previewing the weekend in sports. You know, at this time of the year, it's not great, but it is getting a little bit better. We are starting to have a few things to watch in this weekend in sports. That is always very exciting. Plus, we do still have to get to our Daily Dose Top 5. And you know, it just might be a little football flavor this week. Okay, so let's shift over to our weekend sports preview. You know, we try to do this every week, every Friday. We take a look at some of the upcoming events that are coming over the next two days. Just to make you aware of a few things that you might want to make sure that you're near, I don't know, a TV or you're near a device. Maybe you're down at your local establishment where you can see some games or you can watch some events because no one likes to be that person that doesn't know that a huge game is on or that a huge event is on. You hate getting those texts that say, hey, you're watching this and you have no idea what they're talking about. And then people, you know, call you names. So we try to help you avoid that. We let you know what is going to be out there for you to watch over the next two days. And we also do our best to pick the games because like we've said before, sports gambling is coming. And it's coming quickly. Now, last week, we went 4-1. and one. It was a quiet week, but we were still in the money. There's still not a full slate of things to watch this weekend. But like I said, it is slowly getting better. Now, remember, as usual, all times given are mountain time zones. So adjust your schedule accordingly. Now, starting off tonight at 5.30 Mountain Standard Time, we have some NFL preseason. And I don't expect too much from this game. But the Atlanta Falcons will be facing the New York Jets. You know, the Atlanta Falcons probably aren't going to show much in tonight's game because the Falcons are already pretty sure as to what they have. They just need to keep everyone healthy. They probably need to try to get that defensive line figured out. But other than that, we kind of know where Atlanta's at. Hey, get out of these games healthy. Don't get anyone hurt. But you still might want to check in on this game because don't forget that tonight we are supposed to see For the New York Jets, quarterbacks Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Darnold, they say they're going to be seeing some extensive playing time after veteran Josh McCown actually starts, and they say he's just going to play like a series or two. Now, the thing I want to watch, can Teddy Bridgewater look anything like he used to? That, to me, is every bit as interesting as to what the rookie Sam Darnold is going to look like. Because back when Teddy Bridgewater was still fully healthy, I really thought he had a bright future. He had a lot of tools. He has the right personality. He has some physical tools. I really liked what Bridgewater brought to the table. Now we have to see what it is he's going to look like now that he's had to have that knee completely reconstructed. Plus, we do want to see what Sam Darnold looks like. Hey, I fully believe that come week one of the regular season, Sam Darnold is probably going to be the starting quarterback in New York. I think it's just a matter of time. I think he'll just bring too much to the table to leave him on the bench, which says something about where the Jets are at. But we also want to see what Sam Darnold looks like. 
Now, I'm going to try to pick this game. And honestly, ugh, I hate even doing this. Because you have to be like an absolute degenerate gambler to be betting on preseason games. I mean, you have to be the kind of person that bets on like highlight or like chariot races or something. But I told you I was going to pick the games. Got to do what I got to do. I will pick Atlanta. I have no idea. I guess I'll just go with the Falcons in this. But starting at 530 tonight, Falcons versus Jets, not bad. Also starting at 530 tonight, we do have some Major League Baseball that might be worth your time. And this will be a series that goes on all weekend. But we have a National League three-game series that should be pretty interesting because the Milwaukee Brewers are now just like a game and a half back behind the Chicago Cubs in the Central Division. And you know, Milwaukee was very aggressive at the trade deadline. They are obviously all in on this season. They think they can win now. Meanwhile, they will be facing the Atlanta Braves, who are pretty busy themselves. They grab some help for their bullpen at the deadline. And you know, Atlanta is looking at this season like, hey, we've got a shot in the National League as well. The Braves are less than a game behind Philadelphia in the National League East. So this should be a tight series over the weekend. You might want to keep an eye on it. I'm going to take Atlanta to win the series, but Milwaukee, Atlanta, not a bad baseball series. Next up, tonight starting at 6.40 p.m., we have the second game of a four-game series that actually began last night here in Colorado, but it could prove to be the end of the Rocky season if they can't figure things out. If the Los Angeles Dodgers step up and bury the Rockies this weekend, yeah, I think the Rockies might be done because they're really struggling since the All-Star break. You know, for some odd reason, big shock to everyone I know, really, really shocking here locally, for some odd reason, that big trade deadline move of going out and signing Matt Holiday to a deal, I don't know why, but it just doesn't seem to be paying big dividends just yet. So weird. I really thought Rocktober might come early this year, but you know, the Rockies are like two and six in their last eight games. Oh, and here's the better news for Colorado. The schedule is not going to get any easier anytime soon. Now they have to start playing teams with winning records, which they haven't actually been doing that much of. Meanwhile, of course, the Los Angeles Dodgers, they're finally getting healthy. The biggest concern right now for the Dodgers, honestly, they are the team to beat in the National League. They just have to worry about not peaking too soon. Like you don't want to be hitting your stride in September when we know the postseason isn't for another month. Keep an eye on the Rockies and the Dodgers this weekend. I will take the Dodgers in that four-game series. Also tonight, at 8.30, we have another NFL preseason game that could be a little bit interesting. We have the Detroit Lions going out to Oakland to face the Raiders. And this might be a decent preseason game to watch. You know, the Lions should be pretty solid this year. And I really want to see what new head coach Matt Patricia's defense looks like. Plus, can the Lions develop any sort of a running game? They do have a few running backs now. They do have a few options there now. Can they get anything going on the ground? Meanwhile, on the other side, we get the return of Chucky in Oakland. Will John Gruden go like all old school with these young Raiders and yell at them and scream at them and treat these poor millennial players like he did his players back in the 90s? Because if so, I think we have a chance of seeing like Derek Carr or Amari Cooper crying on the sideline. Either way, it should be fun to see John Gruden, I don't know, just completely lose his mind. He will be worth watching all year. I will pick Oakland in this game. Moving on to Saturday, 
again, Saturday night, we have a little bit of an interesting preseason NFL football game. I mean, for NFL preseason, that is. Because it is going to be our first chance to see not one, but two newly acquired free agent quarterbacks. Each team has one. The Minnesota Vikings, of course, went out and got Kirk Cousins and paid him huge money. They will be coming here to Denver to see the Denver Broncos, who have Case Keenum, who just took the Minnesota Vikings to the NFC Championship game last year. Now, imagine if this was a regular season game. Like, this would be pretty good. It's not. It's a preseason game. So, you know, Case Keenum and Kirk Cousins will play like three plays or something. And then, then it's really going to get interesting. Because then you will have the sheer joy of watching the second string quarterbacks. Guess who you get there? Minnesota actually has Trevor Simeon versus Denver, who has Paxton Lynch. It's basically going to be like going to Denver Broncos training camp last year. Yeah, that's going to be a whole lot of fun. I guess I'll pick Denver at home, but it's a preseason game. Honestly, who cares? I don't know. Maybe the first six plays this game will be interesting. Other than that, it probably won't be much. Then later tomorrow night at 8 p.m. tomorrow night, we have uh, we have one more preseason game and it's not going to be great. I'm not sure I'm going to tune in for it, but I will say this. If I was a chief resident at an emergency room just around the country somewhere, I would make this game required viewing because the Los Angeles Chargers are going down to Arizona to face the Cardinals. Now, Arizona's bad offensive line versus those snake-bit, injury-ridden Chargers, this is like one of those episodes of ER where, I don't know, all the district school buses drive off a cliff at once or something. You just have this rush into the ER. Actually, I guess all the episodes of ER were basically that scenario. (laughs) Anyway, the medical team is going to have to spring into action is what I'm saying. I'm just hoping for an injury-free game here, but we do have Chargers versus Cardinals Saturday night at 8 p.m. I guess I'll pick the Chargers. I have no idea. You know, the hard part about watching preseason is you honestly, it's more interesting to watch the bad teams because you know they're going to play the players you want to see. When you have a good team, like watching the Philadelphia Eagles this year in preseason, total waste of time because there's nothing to watch. They're not going to play their starters. Just kind of a weird situation in preseason football. Moving on to Sunday, of course, we do have the PGA Championship going in St. Louis. Championship Sunday will be rolling along throughout the day on Sunday. Of course, it'll be going all weekend, but Sunday will be the deciding day. Justin Thomas is the defending champion. You know, they've been getting a lot of rain actually back there all week. So this could be one of those soft, mushy courses. And that's going to make for some very, very low scores because that ball's going to stay where it lands. It's not going to roll for like three miles like it did earlier this year at the U.S. Open. And if that's the case, I think we could see someone like Dustin Johnson. We could see someone like Jason Day have a lot of success there. But the PGA Championship in St. Louis will be going all weekend. That should be interesting to watch. And then Sunday at 1230, we do have the NASCAR group going to Michigan. You know, I've told you before, I struggle to stay awake for most of these NASCAR races, but I do like the super speedways. I do. Michigan is a two-mile banked D-shaped track, huge speeds. You do usually get some pretty tight, pretty good racing. Now, Kyle Larson has won the last two races up at Michigan. And while this will probably end up being Kyle Busch again, I don't know. I guess we can just hope for an interesting scenario, can't we? I would think so. So there is your weekend preview. Again, not a ton out there quite yet to watch, but it is slowly starting to get better. 
And here's the good news. It's just going to continue to get better over the next few weeks as football just warms up more and more and more. Hey, coming back, we need to get to our Daily Dose Top 5. So this week, of course, we have been talking about teams and about players that could be better this season in college football and the NFL. We have also talked about teams and players that maybe could be worse this year in college football and the NFL. But you know, there's one player that we did not discuss on either side of these discussions, but I don't know, maybe we should have. Just a quick reminder that if you have any shopping you need to do, you might want to head over to lootcrate.com forward slash daily dose, where you can find the latest pop culture collectibles that feature your favorite TV shows, your favorite movies, and your favorite video games. August Loot Crate theme is now out. It is called Mayhem because wherever they go, mayhem seems to follow. Celebrate some of your favorite havoc wreaking characters and chaotic moments with exclusive gear and collectibles. August Loot Crate theme features items from Rick and Morty, Office Space, Harley Quinn, DC Comics, but the best part about ordering from Loot Crate when you check out Just make sure you type Daily Dose in the coupon box. We are going to get you 10% off of your order just as a little thank you for tuning into the Daily Dose, which we do appreciate. Now, as we do most every single Friday, we have got to get to our Daily Dose Top 5. And you know, with football season coming quickly, NFL preseason games already underway. And hey, college football is just a few weeks away. We've been talking football all week, you know, like Jesus intended sports talk to be. And we have talked about teams that might be better than we think. We have talked about teams that could be worse. We have talked about players that could surprise us this year and have a breakout season. And we also looked at a few players that could take a step back. Now, one player that we did not mention at all this week, actually talked about him a little bit earlier in the show, is New England Patriots quarterback Tom Brady. Like we said, Tom Brady is now 41 years old. It was his birthday last Friday. Now, I'm not saying that Tom Brady is suddenly going to age this year. I'm not saying we're going to see a huge collapse from him in his game. What he is doing at his age is absolutely incredible. He is the best quarterback at his age that we have ever, ever seen. And honestly, it's not that close. You want proof? Here are the best NFL seasons by quarterbacks not named Tom Brady. And you will see he is eclipsing all of them. Today on our Daily Dose Top 5, we count down the top five best seasons by an NFL quarterback over the age of 40. Starting off at number five, you know, we remember this guy more for what he did in Canada, but he did come back to the USA and he continued his playing career. He actually played until he was 43 years old. Drafted back in 1985 out of Boston College by the Los Angeles Rams, Doug Flutie opted instead to sign with the USFL's New Jersey Generals. And of course, when that league folded, he signed with the Chicago Bears. He played a little with the New England Patriots, but eventually he wound up up in Canada. He played seven seasons in Canada. He won three Grey Cup championships, but then he returned to the NFL in 1998 with the Buffalo Bills. In 2001, Doug Flutie signed with the San Diego Chargers, and in 2003, he actually started five games for the Chargers at the age of 41. In 2003, Doug Flutie went two and three as a starter. He threw nine touchdowns. He had four interceptions. He actually played two more seasons until he was 43, and in fact, he was actually a backup in New England to Tom Brady in one of his final seasons, 
but he would only start one more game after that 2003 season. Doug Flutie comes in at number five. Moving on to number four, you know, this guy is probably known more for making a dumb statement that would be more expected of a younger player on the big stage because in 2003, the Seattle Seahawks faced the Green Bay Packers in the wildcard round of the NFC playoffs. And at the end of regulation, the score was tied at 27. So when the captains went out for the coin toss, Seahawks quarterback Matt Hasselbeck got a little too excited when he won the coin toss. Actually, here's a clip from Fox. Seattle has won the toss. We won the ball. We're going to score. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. That was over the PA system here at Lambeau Field saying we want the ball and we're going to score. And, of course, then Hasselbeck went out and threw a pick six to end the game. Oops. All that aside, Matt Hasselbeck played 17 seasons in the NFL. And in 2015, he actually started eight games for the Indianapolis Colts. He was 40 years old at the time. He went five and three as the starter. He threw for nine touchdowns. He had five interceptions. It's not great. It's not bad. I mean, who knew? Matt Hasselbeck, one of the better quarterbacks over the age of 40 in the NFL. Moving on to number three, we have another guy that spent a good amount of time up in Canada before coming back to the NFL. You know, Warren Moon may have thrown one of the prettiest passes in football history. He played 23 seasons professionally. Moon threw for over 49,000 yards. That's just in the NFL. That's not counting his time in Canada. Just in the NFL, 49,000 yards. We all remember those crazy seasons he had down in Houston, just racking up this huge yardage, these huge offensive stats with the Oilers. But Warren Moon actually did play until he was 44 years old. After spending a couple seasons in Minnesota, he ended up in Seattle. And at the age of 41, Warren Moon started 14 games for the Seattle Seahawks. That was in 1997. I mean, he didn't do great. He went 7-7. Seven and seven. He had nearly 4,000 yards. I mean, that's a pretty good season for a guy that was 41 years old at the time. He did go on to play two more years in Kansas City after that. And then he retired following the 2000 season. But after that 1997 season, you could see that Warren Moon was starting to run out a little bit by then. He comes in at number three. Moving on to number two. Now, I'm going to give you a little free advice. And I don't know, do you ever play those trivia games? Maybe they're asking you to name like the NFL quarterbacks with the most yards or the NFL quarterbacks with the most career touchdowns or whatever. And we all name the big name guys, right? First guys we go to are like uh, Joe Montana, John Elway, let's see, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Terry Bradshaw, Dan Marino, Fran Tarkington. Again, just a little free advice I'm throwing out there. Do not forget to name our number two entry because Vincent Frank Testaverde is always on those lists somewhere, probably because he played in the NFL for 21 years. You know, Vinny Testaverde played for seven different NFL franchises. He always put up pretty decent numbers. He just never really won that much. After being drafted with the first pick of the 1987 NFL draft, Vinny Testaverde played until he was 44. He retired after the 2007 season. But his best season after he turned 40 was back in 2004. He started 15 games for the Dallas Cowboys. And to be fair, he wasn't great. The Cowboys went 5-10. Vinny threw 17 touchdowns, but he also threw 20 interceptions. But I mean, come on. He was 41 years old at the time. What do we really expect? So now 
we get to our number one entry on our top five best seasons by an NFL quarterback over the age of 40. So up until the point of Tom Brady, what NFL player had the best season when he was over the age of 40? Well, I mean, who else could it be? It had to be the Iron Man who spent the majority of his career with the Green Bay Packers. But he was a 20-year veteran in the NFL. He played quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons back in 91. Then with the Packers until 2007, he played a season with the Jets, and then he played with the Minnesota Vikings in 2009 and 2010. Brett Favre was the first NFL quarterback to pass for 500 touchdowns, throw for 70,000 yards, complete 6,000 passes, and attempt 10,000 passes. Now, after leaving Green Bay, he went to the Jets, and then he joined the rival Minnesota Vikings. And in 2009, Brett Favre posted the best season by a quarterback, not named Tom Brady, over the age of 40. Brett Favre started in all 16 regular season games. He also started in two playoff games. On the season, he went 12-4. and He threw 33 touchdowns. He had just seven interceptions. You actually might remember, the Vikings faced the New Orleans Saints in the NFC Championship that game. That was actually the game that implicated the Saints in that bounty scandal because they kept diving at Brett Favre's ankles. Hey, looking at this top five list, honestly, it's not that impressive, is it? We have a couple players on here that, well, they were well past their prime. We see at the very end, Brett Favre was pretty good, but other than that, it was kind of hard to scrape together too many players over the age of 40 that actually played quality football. You know, last season at age 40, Tom Brady started 17 games, including the postseason. He threw for 4,600 yards and 32 touchdowns. Hey, what Brady is doing at his age, it is absolutely amazing. It does also make me come to a few conclusions, though. First, Tom Brady obviously takes amazing care of himself. His head coach clearly has some impact on this, too. He's not putting Brady in bad situations. It is rare that we see Bill Belichick just say, Hey, uh, Tommy, there's 30 seconds left. It's fourth and 18. We're down by six. Uh, go figure something out, would you? That's not really how they do things in New England. They play smart all game. Also, it does occur to me that the game of football has started to get easier and easier on quarterbacks than it ever has been. I'm not convinced that Tom Brady would be playing at this level back in the days of the Warren Moons and the Vinny Testaverdes or even the Brett Favre's. The game was a little bit different. Hey, we had all better enjoy Tom Brady right now because we know Father Time is undefeated and Father Time will be coming for Brady soon too. Tom Brady is 41 years old. How long can he continue to play at this level? I don't know, but I know that he's not going to play this way forever. We have seen it is really, really tough to stay at this level for that long. Hey, it is Friday, and we have made it through another week. I hope that you enjoyed our look this week at the NFL and at college football. Next week, of course, we will be back to discuss all of the happenings over the weekend in sports and keep you up on the latest and greatest news that is coming out. Hey, I want to thank all of you for listening to The Daily Dose every day. I hope you are enjoying the show. Thank you so much for listening, for reaching out, and for sharing the show. It is very appreciated. And thank you especially for subscribing to the show wherever you listen. We do appreciate that as well. Have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all on Monday. Have a great weekend.